This is Gross Anatomy, where pop culture meets health culture. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Hi, welcome hello. to Gross Anatomy. Hi, hello, hello. How cool do I look in my headphones? Very cool. You look pretty cool. Yeah. Or like you look younger, I think. It makes you look younger? Yeah, because yeah. cool. people are wearing big headphones like big. that again. It's very in. It is. Nice. Look around now. You'll see girls on their walks with their big headphones. Nice. Yeah, I was at the airport and saw that. I, and that's why I'm speaking so loudly, because I don't hear you in my headphones, but I'm wearing it, I think, for the microphone's sake. So I have no idea. Okay. Well, it's good that you're speaking loudly because the sound is wonderful. So whatever you're doing, it's great. So welcome to Pathetic Gross Anatomy. That's mm -hmm. us. I want to introduce our guest. Ambar is an experienced ER trauma nurse. She is also an actor, writer, and TV medical advisor. You may have seen Ambar in How I Met Your Father, 911, General Hospital, or The Rookie. Welcome, Ambar. Thank you. You're Thanks welcome. Ambar, do you have a nickname? Um, not among, just among my mom. She calls me Barto. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Short for um, Bartolomea, which if you say is Bartholomew, I don't know why. <laughs> it's a weird nickname, but. <laughs> oh, that's very cute. I just wanted to ask both of you how your days were. Did you guys work today? I did not. Nice. Ooh. I did. Today was our, you know, I run that pre-med program. So today was pre-med graduation. So we just finished. Oh, and uh, fun. what's cute is we have this, the students come up for and give like two to three minutes of, of what the program was, you know, their experiences, but some get creative. So we had two students who did, who recited poems. A couple of students did some artwork and showed it to us. So in the past, we've had like a student rap, you know, which was kind of Oh, fun. that's cool. People like you, you know, we get some creative types. Awesome. Amber, how do you use your day off? What is your typical? I like to try to do some exercise. So uh, I got a spin bike during the pandemic, of course. So uh, try to use that. If I do that even like 15 minutes, I feel pretty productive. Mm -hmm. I try to write a little bit. I've been really getting into um, writing for screenwriting. So I'm working on a draft that involves um, what would happen if AI nurses were introduced to the hospital. <laughs> so, oh, how timely! <laughs> yes, and then yeah, just sometimes I like to go to a cat cafe. So cute! cute. Yeah. yeah, I haven't done that yet. Is that where are they? So fun! Now? Um, there's one off Melrose, and I think there's one in um, on the west side. I haven't been to yet, but. They're just, it's just fun to go there and play with them. You know, what's, you know what's kind of weird and sad? I'm curious what your thoughts are, speaking of cat cafes. So near us, I think there was a bunny rabbit cafe. Mm -hmm. And there were people like protesting in front of it. And Aww. it had to close down because people, I don't know what they were protesting. Exactly. Were they like wild rabbits or something? I, I don't know if it was like free the rabbits or if it was not, not sanitary sanitary uh, I, don't I don't know what their complaint was but it's such a shame because isn't that stuff fun i've never actually been to a yeah. bunny cafe but it's fun you know you pay um about like 25 dollars, and that's kind of a donation for the cats 
and then you go and play with them and they get socialized and, you know, hopefully they get adopted and because they've been socialized, they're, you know, they're more ready to be at a home with other people. Yeah, it's a good cause. Yeah, and that's good to know if you're looking to adopt. You know, sometimes it's intimidating. You're like looking on Instagram, but you don't know their personalities or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they have so many different personalities. There was this one last time that followed me and my friend to the door and jumped up to the counter, and it it almost like it was waving, not really waving goodbye, but like it had its paw on the glass, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to adopt you. That one definitely would get adopted pretty quick because he had such a great personality. Do you have any animals? No, um, because I unfortunately have allergies. So I have to like load up on allergy medicine before I go. And yeah, so it's kind of hard. So so you can't do uh, puppy or goat yoga then, right? Isn't there a thing like that? Yeah, I would want to try goat yoga. I think that's at least outdoors. You know, I think I could Mm -hmm. do anything for a little bit. Yeah, I'd have to probably get allergy shots or something or get desensitization so that I wouldn't be like constantly just having a runny nose at home, you know? So I met you, I met you online on Instagram, I guess, because of Mel, who was a previous guest, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. On our show. Yeah. We've only met face to face for like a second. Yeah. Going in and out of the elevator, right? Yeah, which is so funny. Did you guys meet in a work setting or were you just at the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like a couple in the last couple of months. um, I think it was like I was on lunch break running, getting coffee or something like that. And then I saw you. I was like, Dr. Cohen. (laughs) It's funny when you see people that you've only seen online because you have this immediate familiarity with people but you're like wait but I don't really know you but it feels like I know you more than I should know you you know totally you almost yeah. feel, sometimes I'm almost confused for a second I see them and yeah like, yeah are we are we really good friends or am I just imagining this yeah, yeah it's bizarre before I get mm-hmm. I have a thousand questions for you but before I get into those you mentioned a script so now I'm curious Me too. about AI nurses mm-hmm. is this a thriller because I could see it going in a thriller direction oh it is, really oh, it is. Okay. it's a total thriller yeah it's kind of a horror thriller yeah uh, I love that <laughs> is it a movie it's, a sh- it's a short right now and so I finished I'm working on a second draft I'm hoping you know it'd be like a 10 minute short and um the way that I look at it is can you film this in a day or two, you know, like on a hospital type set. So that kind of keeps budget down. But somebody told me they're like, Oh, that would make a great spec, a spec episode. That's basically where you make an episode for a show that already exists, but you're not hired to do it for like black, black mirror. mirror. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It was like black mirror. It feels so, so like, you know, yeah. And their episodes are longer, you know, they're 60 minutes usually. And so, um, I do have a longer version of it too, where you get, it's a little bit more twisted and you get more of the backstory and things like that. But yeah. I love that. I can't wait to pretty, see a Black Mirror dark. episode. <laughs> that really does sound very Black Mirror. Yeah. I would love to hear, I have questions about all the entertainment things, of course, and I know Dr. Cohen does because he's so interested in those things. But I also want to hear how you got into medicine. I'm always curious was that a family thing? I know a lot of people like their parents were in medicine, so they did, or um, they're just sort yeah. of drawn to helping others. So 
I wanted to be a sports psychologist originally because I was a figure skater until I was about 21. And I worked with a sports psychologist and I thought it'd be very interesting. And then I realized that I didn't want to just sit at a desk all day. And, and I knew I wanted to still do acting, but my parents were not going to pay for a theater degree. They're like, do something else and you can take classes on your own. So um, my dad actually was the one who was like, you should check out the nursing program at, the, at your university while I was getting my psychology degree. So I started taking like anatomy and physiology classes and I fell in love with the human body. I just was amazed by all the functions that it had. You know, like it, when we were in cadaver lab, I was just, I mean, the human body is amazing. It's yeah. truly a work of art. I got to back you up. How serious a figure skater were you? Was, was that, I, I mean, were you got to be an Olympian? I mean, I wasn't trying to be an Olympian because I was realistic, <laughs> but um, I was training at Colorado Springs, which was like where a lot of Olympians came from. And I was training with a lot of Olympians, which was really cool. And it was really inspiring. But I, I think I wanted to use figure skating as a way to get back into acting somehow. It's so weird, but like Tara Lipinski which is touched by an angel. And I was like, oh, maybe if I do well enough in figure skating, I could get an opportunity like that, <laughs> you know? Like, um, but I, I, I made it to nationals. Huh? So were you a theater kid as a little kid? Yes. Yeah. Um, I did theater in high school and I did the Wizard of Oz when I was eight years old. I was a munchkin, um, had a little bodice, you know, make me look like a, a little woman. <laughs> and um, yeah, but I was never with theater, like it wasn't ever really um, encouraged too much. You know, my mom is an immigrant and she was kind of worried that I was going to turn into a child star. And we know what happens to child stars is they end up on, you know, the cover of magazines, like as fallen, yeah. you know, stars basically. So she was really concerned about that. Where did yeah, you so I got it. Uh, San Rafael, California, and then moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado when I was 14. For ice skating? Skate. Yes. Yeah. Wow. What, yes. uh, so I'm a big movie fan. Do you have, I, I immediately think of a ice skating, a couple of ice skating movies. Do you, uh, mm -hmm. there's one with, I think Hayden Panettiere, right? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, not Hayden Panettiere. No, no, no. Uh, Trachtenberg. Michelle Trachtenberg. Yes, Trachtenberg. Michelle Trachtenberg. I actually ice auditioned Princess. for that movie. I auditioned for that movie. Yeah, it was cool. They had um, what was that like called? nationwide. Uh, it was called Ice Princess. Ice yes. Princess, yeah. And the character that I auditioned for, she actually nobody ended up playing her, but it was one of the competitors, and they were searching like all over at the top training facilities. And a couple of the skaters that I know got in the movie, and um, someone I skated with and trained with was also like a stunt double so it's kind of cool wow but um could have been you yeah 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 and then there was a movie it's old Cutting edge what yeah with about yeah. a player who becomes a figure skater right yeah uh -huh. Topic. With Mara kelly she says toe pick a lot because okay, exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that was a good one 
And then how did you um, discover your affinity for acting? It sounds like you were really already into like physical movement and the body. So health makes sense too. Yeah. I think I always knew I wanted to be an actor. Probably when I was seven or eight, I would record myself doing like radio shows and I would just do voices and that's how I spent the time alone, I guess. <laughs> I just had an active imagination. And, and then I also, you know, I would try to write stuff too when I was 11. And so I was kind of like, I'm going to do this. This is something I'm going to do, you know, once I get my degree and move out and kind of figure out how I can make it all work. So where'd you go to school? I went to University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. Oh, nice. Why, so yeah. you were skating and in school and, and doing mm -hmm. all of the above. Yeah. And then I, I stopped skating when I was 21. By the time you're 21, you're kind of old for um, competing at that level, which is kind of sad because basically your body changes, you get injured. It gets harder and harder to kind of maintain that physical level of prowess. And so I knew I was ready to, to retire and I, you know, I wanted to focus on getting into nursing program and then, yeah, making that happen and moving away maybe and moving to LA. And, you know, my dad was the one who was like, you can work as a nurse on the weekend and audition during the week. And he was totally right. He's smart. That's... I, yeah, he's a smart guy. Yeah. I, I always like think of him when I'm, you know, when I think of where I am, you know. That's pretty practical. Did he have to, did they have to like really twist your arm or you really just had, had the common sense smart enough to listen to your parents and say, wow, that's a good idea. No, I mean, once I got into the prereqs for nursing, I really loved it for a little bit. I actually considered going to med school because I got so obsessed with it. You know, I was reading like emergency medicine books for fun Fine. And yeah, and then there was, yeah, I was like, maybe I'll take, maybe I'll take some pre-med classes and just see. But then I kind of realized, I was like, let me just focus on getting into nursing. And then, yeah, I'll figure it out from there. Sometimes I do, you know, I wonder like what would have happened if I tried like physician assistant or something, because I do like that route too. But I do like being a nurse. It's still very fulfilling for me. How hard is it for someone who like picks one medical field and wants to switch? If you wanted to go from a nurse to a physician's assistant or go back and try to be a surgeon, is that all school all over again? Or you kind of have some of the things done and you could go a little less? It depends. I believe Stanford, there's a, um, there's a nurse to physician assistant program, I believe, hmm. that you can do, but you have to get some of the prereqs, right? And it's just really about getting the prereqs. But as far as doctor, like, yeah, that's going to medical school, way different. Uh, Dr. Cohen can speak on that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy. But it, when I was a fellow, there was a intern in surgery who had been a... In, ICU nurse at the hospital mm. and then went and did anesthesia residency. She's now an amazing anesthesiologist. So it's doable. Awesome. Definitely a hard road. Um, I think most nurses would probably go and do the NP thing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. router, or maybe if you want to do anesthesia, you could do a nurse anesthesia, which is mm -hmm. a kind of cool gig. What was your path? So you, you finished nursing school in Colorado? <laughs> yes. And, and I was working at as a scribe in the emergency department. So a scribe there, you follow the doctor that you're assigned with around for the shift and 
you know, they, t- they verbally give you the orders that they want for each patient and you organize and then you keep track of the orders and then you let them know as results come back. And it was because they were transitioning to a new computer program. So it was kind of to help ease the pain of that. And I learned so much and I, I love that job so much. So that helped me get a job right away when I graduated in the emergency department. So I worked in Colorado for a year um, at a trauma hospital, which was really interesting because we were right by Pikes Peak. So we would get traumas from people. There's like this race that would go up the side of the Pikes Peak. It's called the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. And people would just go driving up just like crazy crashes and they would get flown down by helicopter. A lot of traumas that you wouldn't normally see in other places, you know, Mm -hmm, very like specific to Colorado. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I lived there for just a little bit, so I, that doesn't surprise me. I lived there for a Col- year, not in Colorado, Colorado? Springs. Uh, yeah, okay. I lived. I lived in Denver, but I did nice. go to Colorado Springs. It's so beautiful. It is, yeah, so nice and so like active and all. I could mm-hmm. so see that. Of course, I mean anywhere in Colorado, all of, I would assume all the injuries would be people falling, climbing, hiking. Yeah, yeah. There was this one thing that they have. It's really cool. It's called the um, Manitou Springs Incline. And it's basically this old, not a railroad track per se, I forgot what it is, but they would send supplies up to the top of the mountain on this track. And so parts of the track are still there, but you get so much elevation and so like little mount that um, it's so steep. It's every now and then you'd have somebody that would like fall or they would get like a railroad spike. They would fall and it would go through their thigh um gnarly very gnarly do you have any um tips for young nurses or anyone thinking about nursing school as well yeah if you can get a job I mean it's easier said than done but once I started working as a scribe everything started making sense because I would see all the all these conditions that we would talk about in school and a lot of the scribes were um either pre-med or pre-PA or um, nursing students, and it just helps so much. Or um, working as a nurse aide too. Like some schools won't even accept you unless you have your CNA. But I remember my first semester, I'd literally never touched a patient before. (laughs) And I was so nervous and unconfident. And then by the next semester, I also started um, working as a, a nurse aide as well. Um, I was so much more confident and it's really just about knowing how to talk to people and assessing people and helping move people like body mechanics, you know? So if you can get a job or a volunteer job, that really, I think helps and it will instill confidence too. Mm -hmm. I saw that you mentioned medical consulting. Tell me Mm -hmm. what that's been like. Where do acting and nursing and consulting meet? Do you have a preference there between consulting Uh, and writing and acting? Oh, um, I love it all. I really like when things look medically as accurate as they can because it's so satisfying. But now that I've gotten more on the writing side, I can see why we have to change things for dramatic effect. You know, like it used to bother me because sometimes, you know, people would just miraculously get better or CPR would be done so quickly and they recover so quickly. And like, that's not realistic. But at the same time, you can't have a show 
show a 15 minute CPR. (laughs) You know what I mean? Also, that's not always the way it happens too, because sometimes, you know, when someone's been down for a long time, like that's not going to help either. So there's times where I'm like, oh, this is not realistic, but I, I know why they're doing it. And it's for drama. So I got into that because I was in San Diego for a little bit. I was acting in the local film community and they knew, you know, I had a nursing background and I got to um, help with some OR scenes. It was like a transplant scene. And those are just fun to prep because, you know, I'll take out my old nursing books and then sometimes I'll buy a surgical um, scrub book that like kind of helps you walk through that. So it's kind of fun to learn. And then I'll talk to people that are also in the field. But yeah, I like, I like you, all of it. Was that a particular show that you were, was that a show that you were? That was a, that was a movie, like an independent movie. And then when I moved to LA, I was lucky enough that I was working with this nurse. She knew I was an actor and she was double booked one day to work on a show for medical advising. And so she was like, oh, can you do it? It's really simple. And it was for post-earthquake scene. And I basically had to show the actor how, because the actor was playing a doctor and he was taking glass out of a patient's um, laceration because, you know, the earthquake happened. So it was kind of fun. Like, it's really simple, right? You We have our basically force-up squeezers, whatever. And you just take it out and just put it in and then you kind of brush it off with, you know, gauze and kind of also like maybe um, irrigate it. But the challenge was the actor had lines and so did the patient. So I had to not, I had to teach them to like not block the other actor. So you could still see their face. Whereas like in the real world, you don't care. You're just doing your job. They're, they're probably laying down so you can irrigate it and it's not going everywhere. So it's just those things you think about to make it kind of pretty for camera and make it you know easy for the actor to do. So that's kind of a fun challenge. Was know, that, for someone who has was that one of your first one of your first consulting kind of things? Yeah, that was the first one in LA. Yeah, on um, a major show. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say it's who you know, but it kind of is. She's one of my good friends. She still is. Um, she knew I was an actor. So she knew I fun. had done. Yes, I was already an actor. Um, I'd been on sets before. She knew I knew how to act around people, like how to behave, you know, on set, because there is, you know, there's kind of unspoken rules, you know, you always want to be like, early, you want to, you want to be very um, observant of time, because time is money, you want to just make sure you're ready when they need you to be because, you know, they need to get these scenes done quickly, because it's so expensive to film. Yeah, so she basically tapped me in to do it back in like 2018. And then we had a friend who was working on 911 and they needed um, real people to be in hospital scenes or be like moving patients on gurneys. And so then I started doing kind of more of that too. You know, there's times where you're in front of camera and that's when you're kind of in the background and you're, you know, hanging an IV bag or doing an EKG on a patient and you're just making the scene look really good. And then there's times you're behind the camera and you're either telling the actor kind of what to do or you're telling um, the director or the writer, they might ask you, okay, so what would what would this actor do next or what would happen next? And you tell them and you just make sure it looks good. So, One thing leads to the next thing a little bit, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. LA is such a small town. You, you get to meet people so quickly. 
Have you ever have you ever been on a set as an advisor and they're like, hey, let's why don't we get you? You're doing this. Why don't why don't we actually get you in the shot? Has that ever happened? Not on a big show, but yes, yeah, definitely on independent films. Uh, one time, you know, I got to play an OBGYN. It was it was actually for a pelvic exam. You don't really see anything, but I you you hear my voice and I'm going because we do pelvic exams a lot in the ER. <laughs> And so I basically just walked everything through. But you see, like, my gloved hand. You see me, like, holding the speculum and all that. I've gotten to audition for stuff because of being a medical consultant before, which has been nice. Yeah. Do you prefer acting in a medical role? Or do you like to be someone that's different than yourself or your typical day job? I I like being in a different role because I will say this. Acting as a nurse, it's, it's kind of it's kind of hard because sometimes you want to you want to be like oh I don't want this nurse to come off as brash or uncaring because you're you know because you're thinking about how it represents the community as a whole Mm -hmm. also it's like you do so many things when you're at work that you don't even think about I actually had an audition the other day where I did it was a medical position and I'm going to listen to a chest for lung sounds. And the person I was recording with was like, why do you make that face when you're listening? And I was like, that's my listening face. Like, I didn't even realize I was making a face. I wasn't even trying to act. It's just something I do. But apparently it came off as weird, you know? Um, I know, unfortunately, this this is all recorded and not live, but I want to see the face. I'd like to see the listening face. Could you you show the listening face? And there you go. I honestly, <laughs> that's so right. That's every doctor. They're just kind of like dead face, but like they're yeah, really yeah, but genuinely. Intent, yeah. I also found, I'll say that, so I worked during the pandemic and nurses have what I think is called like um, a nurse face, right? Like you can hear the like patients can say something so crazy. They have something up their rectum and you're not going to make a face about it because you don't want to embarrass them. You, and also it's not like it's the first time you've heard it, you know? So you're just kind of like, okay, you know, when did this happen? You, you know, you don't want to be like, so there's what I call a nurse face. And when I was in acting class, I realized that it was becoming harder for me to emote in other scenes because there's also times where I'm in a patient's room and the patient just got horrible news or like they're just really struggling and I have a connection with them and I'm trying to be like strong, but you don't want to just be the nurse that just breaks down weeping in front of them. <laughs> like that's not really comforting. So I would just be really good at being kind of like stoic, but being like trying to be there for them. And then once I realized that was also affecting my acting and I was like, I think I'm not allowing myself to feel things. I started, especially during the pandemic, cause we're wearing masks and we were wearing goggles and I was wearing like glasses too. I allowed myself to go into like the um, clean utility room and just cry for a little bit because we should be allowed to feel human emotion. You know, just even, even if I was an actor, you know what I mean? I think it's healthy to express that sometimes. And anyway, when I started doing that, I started getting back in touch with my emotions as well. Because I do think as medical professionals, we really keep it inside a lot of times. That's why we have dark senses of humor. And that's why we do so many things to distract. Yeah, sometimes what we deal with is just really freaking sad. And it's okay to take a moment, you know, and feel those feelings and then go back and be there for the patient again, you know. Oh, does that Um, explain Dr. Cohen's sense of humor? (laughs) Is that why you're so funny? (laughs) 
goofy. I like, I like saying goofy. Yeah. You got to have the light moments too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think maybe you lean on that. That That's interesting. I was going to ask you where acting and nursing intersect, but it sounds like they're really opposites. And so yeah. to do both at the same time must be wild for your emotions. I never thought about that. Yeah. Well, I have sometimes some nurses that I talk to are like, oh, I act all the time. Um, <laughs> but like jokingly, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, when a patient tells you something that you're like, you did what now? Yeah. You know, they're yeah. acting like, yeah, they're acting like they're not amazed. You know, they're acting like so they're in not a way. up inside. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So in a way you could say that's acting. Yeah. Same as a therapist. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's like so much you have to keep inside. Yeah. My emotions don't really show too much on my face, I think, as a nurse. But then I was realizing I'd be doing a scene and I'm like, oh, wow, you don't really even know what I'm thinking. Like I watched the tape back or the audition. I'd be like, I'm like, I'm not communicating anything with my face. And your face is your tool as an actor. Plus your voice. So I was like, oh, I have to really be okay with being a little bit more animated, but still being contained <laughs> and professional. So would you say being a, a nurse, it sounds like is a, especially an ER nurse, is a great job to have for an actor? I think so. If you can, um, well, if, if if you like it, I would say don't. I would say if you're interested in being an actor, don't go into being an ER nurse <laughs> just for the schedule. You know what I mean? Because it will not be. You have to. I think you have to like it and enjoy it. I really like it because. Um, I say it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like every day is different. Every patient is different. I'm always learning new things. I've been doing it for uh, almost 12 years now, which is crazy. And there's still like symptoms and diseases that you see. And, you know, that you're just like, wow. And it's really satisfying to relate to people. That's what I like about the ER is that you just meet so many different people in one day. And it's kind of like a fun challenge to be able to relate to each of them on a different level. It definitely makes you marketable <laughs> as a as a writer advisor, right? Because any medical show, that's they want ER people, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, I actually had a friend who's a writer, and she was like, "Yeah, I um on one of the forums or something or the email group she's in, a manager was like looking for people and." you know, writers in um, medicine. So yeah, because you see a lot more and you can kind of like, you know, we get to see a lot of procedures. We see births. We see sometimes, uh, gosh, when I worked trauma at another hospital, I got to bring my patients all the way up to surgery. And sometimes I would get to stay, you know, like it's, yeah, you see the whole gamut. But yeah, going to cath lab. The other three times I get to go to cath lab and see a whole semi an angiogram or um coronary yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah. so are, yeah, are you, do you act as a regular consultant for any shows the sweaters no uh no i don't my friend that got me kind of into it she's the main medical consultant on set for 911 and so sometimes i'll be um i'll cover her or i'll be in the background lifting a patient to an ambulance on a gurney or um doing CPR in the background if it's like a disaster scene because that show has a lot of disasters. Sometimes I'll also be on like General Hospital too, which is fun. Wow. There was one show, I don't want to say it's which show. General Hospital is still a show? Yeah, yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they come up with 
all the scenarios they do. I that seems like so hard to write because there's just so much going on. Luke and Laura, but you guys don't even know what that is, Luke and Laura. What right? You're you're both way too young. When I was a kid, my sister used to watch it. So I used to sit with her and Luke and Laura. I don't I don't even know. I just remember Luke and Laura there and there. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the context we get. <laughs> Some people listen will understand, but I, but yeah. otherwise you have to be my age, I think, or older to have any idea what I'm talking about. Okay, we'll trust yeah. they get it. <laughs> Do you have any roles that you are really proud of that you still think of uh, that you'd like love to do again or something like them? Oh, I loved, so on 911 last year, around this time, I filmed a role where I was a girl in a spin class that ends up passing out. And it was so fun because I'd worked on that show as medical consultant and then as like a on-camera medical kind of background so like the cast and the crew I was really familiar with them and they were just so great when I was there and, and they're really awesome and it's such a great show so it was just so comfortable being there it was awesome and then that same week actually I filmed How I Met Your Father and it worked out perfectly because I was at How I Met Your Father for rehearsal Monday and Tuesday, and then I had 911 Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, I was back on How I Met Your Father at the Paramount lot and filming, and it was like the best week of my life. And both cast and crew were just amazing and so nice. And what I loved about How I Met Your Father is that sitcom is like a different animal. It's a lot of rhythm. It's a lot of timing. And... I had been studying comedy for like since 2017, like really trying to study it because I was like, I want to get really good at it because people say that it's hard to do. It's harder than drama. And they're like, if you can do comedy, you can do anything. I'm not sure if that's quite true, but I took it to heart. So getting a role on that show was just very validating to me that all the work that I had put in was paying off. And then also getting both of those roles that same week on a drama and then on a comedy was like I could do it all no I'm just kidding the but like it felt, no, it felt yes <laughs> yeah it felt really good yeah yeah that have... will always be my my favorite Your favorite week yeah and that. my favorite week yeah I hope you have another week like that soon thank you that's awesome you. do you have tips for anyone who is maybe in one career and wanting to try acting or kind of dip their toe in. I'm guessing they'd have to live in LA ideally, but you know, anywhere. Ideally, <laughs> Well, I mean, it's even in New Mexico or Atlanta or even like there's stuff always filming. Cause even when I was in Colorado, I got to do a feature film. And then a couple of those people that were in that film moved out here. So sometimes you just, you all end up in the same place, so it doesn't matter where you start. But I would say to take an acting class, I think most cities, most major cities at least have an acting class. When I was in Colorado Springs, I would drive up to Denver to do the Denver theater program. They also had theater stuff in Colorado Springs. And then you just really find out if you love it. And then you meet your community, like you meet your tribe. That's the cool thing is that artists... I don't know. I've always met really great people in my classes that we keep in contact with. And I end up sometimes doing small little shoots with them, you know, building up your like repertoire and building up your, your reel, which your reel is kind of like your resume. It's like, you know, a, a video resume, all these scenes kind of showing what you can do. 
So I think acting class is like the best thing because then you also get tips like how to get an agent, who should you go for a headshot. Uh, Acting class can kind of tell you what's your type. And that's so important right now is your brand. Because once you figure out where you belong in kind of the universe and what you immediately come off as, then you know what roles you can play like right away. Right. Like we all say, oh, I, yeah. Oh, my brand. Um, so I was told I come off as materialistic princess, kind of a Rachel Green from Friends. Ah. With So when you first meet me, somebody's like, I, I feel like you were spoiled. And I'll say, yes, I was. I was a figure skater. I will be the first to say I was spoiled. Um, and then people, as people get to know me, they're like, but you're a little bit in your own universe. You're a little bit, not like quirky, quirky, but just a little bit, you know. Um, ditzy and I'm okay with that like I'm like I'm okay if people think I'm done like what's that show that uh uh the two girls and a guy what's that I mean one girl and a guy what's that called uh Zoe Deschanel uh-huh. what's that show oh uh, oh, oh yeah a uh, new girl new girl right <laughs> yeah Sorry, yeah yeah like that was you did really good at guessing that he didn't give you a ton <laughs> to go pathetic. on so I'm, <laughs> I'm really impressed with you <laughs> ambar's <laughs> secret <laughs> talent <laughs> taking big descriptions of shows and mailing them you should be yeah. on a show some entertainment <laughs> trivia does acting or nursing ever make you nervous and which one makes you more nervous mm. oh huh because they're both potential stressful scenarios, like you can't believe. Yeah. I think the only like- time I'm nervous in nursing is triage if we're short. Because if you get a couple of really sick patients and like you don't know if there's rooms in the back or you don't know if you can get them back and you're like, they need an EKG immediately, that can be just a little bit stressful. But we always manage. Luckily... I guess since I've been doing it so long, I'm not as stressed as I used to be. Um, it's triage when someone like, comes in, like initially. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like when you first go to the emergency department and you're like, I'm here to see a doctor and you find out why. And it can just sometimes things like, oh, I feel weak. And then you take their blood pressure and it's like 60. And you're like, well, I mean, usually you can tell by their skin color that they're not doing mm-hmm. well. You can usually tell right away, actually, if someone's not looking good. But every now and then, completely healthy looking people will surprise you. And you're like, oh, they have, they're having a heart attack and they're 30. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen a lot, but, you know, those things That's will surprise the str- you. Yeah. Then, that yeah. Moment. And then, and so you just, you order everything you can and then you catch those things, which is good. Um, acting, I think I would get nervous if it was like a really big scene with a big star. Cause I'm sure, but you know, what's interesting is, I mean, I'm not going to say, but I've working in LA as a nurse, you, you come in contact with big mm. stars and then you kind of just realize, Oh, they're just like us. <laughs> so, so I think that's kind of helped me get away. Humanize. Like, from, yeah. From yeah. being starstruck, even on set, you know, and you guys both practice in Beverly Hills, right? So I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very quick way to be like, right, my patients are, these are my people. Yeah. 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 What would be your dream role? Mm. I would say being in a dramedy, a medical dramedy. And I know I said that, like, I don't want to, 
it's hard to act as you know medical professional okay if i if i wrote on this medical dramedy and i had like a co-starring role that would be my dream that would be super cool what about yeah. what about a previous movie or tv show that's already happened what role do you say oh i wish i had gotten to play rachel or, or something whatever mm. actually this is kind of like far back but there was this show on um canada called orphan black and it was about clones and yeah. the actress that she was so amazing she played i forget what's how many different me? what's her name maslani maslani yeah she's played so many different like versions right um what a challenge because even the accents and the mannerisms i think that would be really cool from like an acting you know challenging standpoint that's like to me that's like almost acting olympics you know <laughs> yeah that's um, a good test you're Allie's a bit of an actress too i want i, I want to give my yeah. answer when i ask ali what what her dream role that you could have ever in someone that's already taken place and i'll give mine it's totally okay cheap, i'm going last i want to go last ali do you have a dream okay, okay i want to preface this with with i've taken one level a improv class i would not call myself an actor you don't even improv have to is hard though it a is a lot hard. of people get so intimidated by improv like i do improv too mm -hmm. and they're like can i they're like i want to take classes with you but I'm like, yeah, but I've been taking it for like three years. And by the time it's, I don't even understand it still. It's so. I did like very entry level and I did it yeah. because it sounded like the scariest thing I could do. Yeah. I was like, what's scarier than this? Nothing. I'll try it. Yeah. So, no, it is. It is. Um, you're I, just thinking on your feet. Yeah, it was, I, and I liked not knowing one single person in the class. So I actually, if a friend tried to take it with me, would have said, no, thank you. <laughs> Please take another. So it was good. Yeah. It was great to feel a little anonymous there, I think. And yeah. there's no audience, you know, in that class. So that was perfect. Mm -hmm. But I would say a dream role just from a show I've seen is similar to what you're saying to clones. My partner and I were watching Killing Eve earlier this year and we didn't <gasps> finish it, but she kind of does the same thing. She's like a new- I was going to say, I was like, I know there's another show <laughs> and I, because Jodie Comer is, well, okay. Sandra Oh is such an amazing actress amazing. and I've loved her since Grey's Anatomy. Like after she left Grey's Anatomy, I was like pretty we're sad done. because she, because I was like, if I were a doctor, I'd be her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I just loved, I loved her. I loved her feistiness. I loved her guts. Um, yeah, she was, she was my favorite. Um, and then Killing Eve is so good. Yeah. And Jodie. Like a new character so every, at the beginning of every episode, she's playing someone else for like a role because she's an assassin. Mm -hmm. So she yeah. gets to dress in a new outfit with a new accent in a new city. And, and it looks so difficult, but also yeah. what's more like you could never be bored. So if I yeah. could dream up something to do, I think that would be the job where you're never bored. Yeah, I like that one. That's a really good one. You just like her outfits. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that wardrobe. Every every episode yeah. is like a whole new wardrobe. Like in this one, she's in ball gowns. In the next one, she's very chic in suits. In the next one, mm -hmm. she's very like classy and minimal. Like so cool. And the accents and her personality would change with it in such a fun identity shifting kind of way so really yeah really impressive 
Well, Ali, I'm very, I'm very proud of you for doing that class. And, and now I'm going to give my cheese ball answer of what I wish I could have been. I wish I could have been Tony in West Side Story. Oh, oh, I love like, it. You know, like the, the you know the original movie, like I, or or yeah. the Ansel Elsgort role. Yeah, that that's kind of <laughs> cheese ball role. I love it. That's a great. That's a great musical. That's one of my favorites. I'm glad you said that one versus Cats or something. Like <laughs> I would have been like, oh, he wants to be a cat in Cats. That's yeah. his role. <laughs> Dr. Cohen's side hustle. Right. Yeah. Uh, That was the first show I saw or play that I saw on Broadway in New York when I was little. Uh, So I. Or West Side Story. West Side Story. I've never seen Cats, even though I remember it came out with Taylor Swift and everyone was seeing it. And I kind of like I saw the cover art and was like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the movie because just the CGI alone just makes me weirded out and I just don't I don't need to see that Um, yeah I think I'll uh, I'll wait until the next version comes out yeah Um, okay both of you I've asked Dr. Cohen this before but now that you've both uh, touched in entertainment and medical field are there medical moments that really make you cringe I mean this is hard because it's really hard to do good CPR on a person mm. if you don't have a chest plate to do fake CPR, to do good fake CPR. And sometimes it's just a time constraint, and but it's a total like rhythm thing. And I've tried to like teach actors how to fake CPR where it looks like they're really putting their, their back and their shoulders into it, but they're not hurting the actor. And it's, it's hard. I've, I've practiced it a number of times. So I know that when it comes time, I can do it. It's hard to do it on a person and try not to hurt them and not have a chest plate, but also make it look real, you know? So it can be cringy so, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of like just better if you can just shoot it from above and you don't see the person, mm-hmm. who's the actor who's obviously still alive, getting the light taps, you know? Yeah. Um, that's me. Oh, and also, I hate, I hate when they do the needle to the neck, like, literally have never done that. I mean, it's very dramatic. I get it. I'm probably honestly going to write that into my, my movie <laughs> for fun. Yes. Because, <laughs> because it's like, literally have never done it. Yeah. So what about the Pulp Fiction scene? Oh, oh to the, the chest. <laughs> Well, I don't even think adrenaline straight to the heart. She's like, to the uh, heart. Yeah, yeah, don't tell me because I like that movie. Is she'd be dead, right? Don't tell me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. blink twice yeah. if she'd be dead. Yeah, they're blinking. Blinking <laughs> really times. Yeah, yeah. I've, have you ever had actually Dr. Cohen too? But have you ever had to jump into nurse mode? or doctor mode in a place that wasn't expected, like on a movie set or like on a plane. Yeah. So we were filming uh, in November last year, kind of downtown area. And it was a night shoot. But this happened at like seven or eight at night. And uh, I was there as a medical advisor. And like, we have retired firemen there too, which is nice. And they play firemen in the background and they, they bring the equipment and whatnot. And it was, um, someone got hit by a car 
while crossing the street. It was horrible. I didn't see it, but I like ran over and so did the retired fire guys and we tried to hold C-spine and, you know, we called 911 and then like luckily the ambulance arrived pretty quickly and like rushed them away, but it was like not looking good, but it just, it just made like the whole, oh, it was just horrible because like normally you don't see that, you know? And then... You're used in, to seeing it in when someone's already yeah, coming to you where you have yeah. everything you need and you can help. Yeah, yeah. but you might have felt actually helpless. seeing the accident. Yeah, because I because like, I mean, we had some equipment, but a lot of it was like props. So it's like, you know, <laughs> Bizarre. Like I, yeah, yeah, you know, I put on gloves and like I try to, you know, I actually like, you know, I have my light on my phone for pen light to like look at people's and and then we like splinted the arm and yeah, and then actually. I was in New Orleans for a wedding in March. Me and a group of friends were out at a restaurant and we were, well, we were about to go to a restaurant and it looked like somebody, this might be too graphic, but it looked like somebody had thrown a dummy out of a car. You hear this and you look, it looked like somebody had threw a dummy out of a car, but then you realize somebody had actually hit a person and that was their body flying. Wow. So you saw them go through the air. Yes. That's wild. That I feel like no human should ever see because it's awful. Luckily, there was like a, yeah, it was awful. But actually, I think that person did okay because weirdly, you could tell they were intoxicated because it was right by Bourbon Street. And I think they kind of relaxed. And I think that floppiness kind of helped. But there was an ICU nurse that came out of the restaurant and there was a off-duty EMT and then the EMTs came. And so we were like all there on the scene, but it was, it was, it was wild. And then one other time, it was, it was a weird three, like around three months. Mm. Yeah. And then like a month later we were in Maui and I was actually with Mel. I don't know if she Mm. told the story. Mm -mm. And my other friend who's also a medical advisor and we were driving back from dinner and we see this person walking their bike in the middle of the road. And we're like, they got to get out of the road. And then we looked at them and they had a huge gash and we're like, they look like they have a head wound. They really need to get out of the road. Cause they were like, you know, wobbling. They were also intoxicated. So we, we're able to convince them to go to the side of the road and we call 911. And actually they were very familiar with this person. That's mm-hmm. when, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. they, this happens a lot. Mainly <laughs> they, mm-hmm. get in, they get into mischief. Yeah. It was so dark. And I think if that person would have kept walking, they would have gotten hit. So they had clearly already fallen and hopefully just had a head wound and no bleeding. But, uh, you know, it was the other time. Wow, in yeah. threes. They say things happen in threes. Like yeah, that. it was so weird. I was like, Wild. this has literally never happened to me ever before. <laughs> and then that happened. I'm before. glad I asked. What about you, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Cohen? What's that? What about you? Have you ever had a medical moment outside of work where you jumped into doctor mode? surgeon mode i don't know a little bit you know what's interesting like uh the the other day even at the hospital on the plaza level where there's a lobby there was a volunteer who who i think was playing the piano and just Mm. fell down and you know just in the lobby where there's no 
you know, healthcare people. So it wasn't that I actually had to do anything, but she couldn't get up. She couldn't move because I, I think she wound up breaking her hip or something like that. But oh. Just kind of being there and helping make sure that, you know, the the people could come. It's kind of a bizarre thing. You're in the hospital, but you're but you're not at, you know, in it. Yeah. A, so it was a weird situation. So that was just recently, but it was it was more just being like a, a good deed doer, you know, to kind of just be there and and kind of make sure Comfort. the right coming the lift. Yeah. What's funny is I'm such an old fuddy duddy that I when they brought the thing to pick her up to put her on the stretcher, I'm like, okay, let's lift her, and they're like, no, 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 we have a device to do it, you know, they oh yeah, crane and everything, and I'm like, oh. yeah, I was kind of like embarrassed. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to lift her up with. <laughs> No, I would have too. I always yeah. forget that we have that, which is really yeah. nice because it saves our backs. But yeah, yeah. got to protect your backs too. Right. Yeah. My mom always told this story about my uncle, who's a cardiologist. And at um, a family event, someone had a heart attack. And they were like, they were so lucky he was there. He knew exactly what to do and what to say. And I always just think about like how lucky to have yeah. a medical professional around when you're in the time of need. So thank you both. Oh, yeah. Truly amazing. I think what makes me relieved sometimes when I fly is that I figure the odds of there being another medical professional in the flight pretty high. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even in New Orleans when that person flew and there was, you know, right away two people, two other medical people that came. I was like, it's great. Yeah, that's lucky they were all around. Yeah. Very grateful. Well, we, we usually wrap up with asking what you're consuming right now as far as a show, a podcast, books, whatever, Audible, whatever you do, we want to hear about it. Well, I'll just say I'm re-watching Friends for the whatever time. <laughs> Love it. Because <laughs> I could just, I can have it on the background. It's like mm -hmm. comforting. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll fall asleep to it because I know it's going to happen. So my mind doesn't need to hear everything. Do you know totally. what I mean? I'm just like, yes. okay, I know it's going to happen. Then before that was the Fall of the House of Usher, which mm. is on Netflix because I'm big spooky, into horror. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and one of our friends writes on that. This is around the time of year I love watching like holiday movies. Probably going to rewatch Harry Potter just because for whatever reason that to me feels like a holiday movie. It is. You can't <laughs> right? tell me otherwise. It's a holiday yes, movie. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll be watching. Mine. Um, Definitely this week. I have a flight. I always watch it on a, the plane. Yeah. So that's my, and my girlfriend's like, you've seen this movie every time we fly, you watch it. And I'm like, it's good every time. It's comfort. Like, it's yeah. Comfort. It's comforting. I watch uh, any Harry Potter movie, essentially. Yeah. Anytime I fly, I'm like, I'll just put on Harry Potter. Same really? thing. I know what's hap I know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's so good. So I don't need to be like super tuned in, but it's also like, it is still entertaining. For that's me, so it reminds funny. me of child hood or like you know I don't know I think nostalgia. that's what it is yeah it's nostalgia yeah. it's kind of like with Lord of the Rings whenever I'm sick I'll watch Lord of the Rings because first of all they're three hours long each <laughs> kills time and there's yeah and they're so epic but I've been playing video games a lot more I was like why have I not been watching stuff and I'm like what do you oh, play yeah. so I have been playing Tears of the Kingdom which is a Zelda game on Nintendo Switch mm -hmm. which is kind of like Lord of the Rings-esque, but cartoonish. Okay. And then before that was playing Star Wars. Um, I think it's Fallen Order, but it's really good uh, on PlayStation. So okay. that's basically how I kill time. 
when I'm not writing. We've never had anyone answer a game. So you're the first, oh, the first game. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, people are always surprised when I play games, but I'm like, I got into it during COVID because it makes you feel like you're traveling somewhere without traveling. <laughs> a good way to put it what about you dr yeah. Cohen? what are you watching yeah you're, you're you're definitely our first gamer for sure I, <laughs> yes that's, that's amazing <laughs> um, interestingly my youngest daughter just for some reason started getting she was on the Fortnite craze you know during mm. pre-covid but she just randomly started playing it again which i <laughs> She's, you know, about to turn 18 and and she's back into Fortnite all of a sudden. So that's kind of interesting that you talk that you're talking about gaming because out of nowhere she just started doing I think as some of her friends are doing it. So Yeah, that helps. Yeah. My but, sister plays games with other people and that yeah. helps. Yeah. We listen to speaking of friends and Matthew Perry's recent death. So mm. My wife and I on Audible listened to his book. It's crazy listening to it, knowing that he just died, you know, and, and listening yeah. to his story and, and, you know, what a what a talent. And it sounds like a good guy and just crazy. That's uh, what started me watching Friends again, because I was just like, oh, Chandler, I think he was my favorite. I mean, I loved them all differently for they were just all so good. David Schwimmer was just so good at being neurotic and the same with um uh Courtney Cox you know oh, and no. then Lisa Kudrow was so good at just being like just the spacey like offbeat yeah. but like she's Chandler, quirky I think, too just like yeah thank you yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a goal <laughs> but, yeah 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 but um Chandler was he was like the dependable sarcastic maybe the most relatable one besides Rachel to me I mean Rachel's you know but it's, yeah, I was like heartbroken. Like I gasped when I heard yeah. um, that he passed. Yeah, sure. We'll have to check out his book. I didn't. Yeah. I forgot that he had that. Is it on Audible? Is that where you're listening? Yeah, and it's him narrating it. So oh, cool. That's really special. It's always nice. Yeah, that. that yeah, yeah. That, I'll definitely get that. Yeah, if I can hear him narrating it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was oh, yeah, so interesting to hear all of your background and thank all you. the amazing things you do. Thank you. Thanks for I having me. We, we, I feel like we just scratched the surface and I, and I feel like we need to grab coffee one of these days. I know, because like, I want to ask you guys more stuff too, but I'm like, is that allowed as a guest? Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. As a reminder, Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional